Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack, and today I'm going to teach you how to spin your non-traditional background as an advantage when you're applying for jobs and you're talking to employers. Now, I know that may seem like a bit of a far-fetched concept because if you do have a non-traditional background or if you don't have a ton of relevant experience or if you have limited experience or whatever it is, you're probably used to everybody looking at your background and basically saying, what the heck are you doing applying for this role? You know, you don't have any relevant experience. There's no way that we can hire you. What are you even doing here? Meanwhile, in your head, you're probably saying, I know I can do this job. I just need somebody to give me a chance. I need somebody to recognize that I do bring valuable stuff to the table. And if you would just kind of train me a little bit, teach me, I know I can excel. I know I can be the person that you're looking to hire here. So here's the thing about non-traditional backgrounds. They're really only a disadvantage if you let them become a disadvantage. And most job seekers fall into this trap because they try to sweep their non-traditional background under the rug, right? They try to maybe use a different type of resume format uh, in order to shift their non-traditional experience down, or they try to find ways to reword things, even though it's not super authentic to the experience that they had. Or maybe they just try to not talk about their background at all and, and try to shift the focus of the conversation. And a lot of that is just very transparent, right? You know, people look at your background, people see it on LinkedIn, on your resume, they hear the way that you tell your story. And it's very obvious that, you know, there's something missing or something a little bit off. So, If your plan is to avoid your past, you're never going to get anywhere. I'm just going to put that out there. Instead, you need to tackle it head on. You need to make your past part of your story. And what you need to do is figure out how your background, whatever it is, even if it's non-traditional, adds value to the person that you're speaking to. So there's two ways to go about this process, right? The first is, again, thinking about how your experience adds unique value to this role. Typically, a lot of people on a team have similar backgrounds, right? They have similar degrees from universities. They have similar experience, which is probably all in the same industry. They have similar skill sets. So yes, this company could make another cookie cutter uh, hire. Uh, They could get another candidate with the same background as everybody else, with the same skills as everybody else. But if they take a chance on you, they diversify their ideas, they diversify their problem solving, and they diversify their execution because you don't have that cookie cutter background. You're coming at this from a different lens. You're probably self-taught or you have you know different experience from the people on this team. So you're going to challenge their ideas. You are going to come up with innovative solutions. And that is all going to be thanks to your non-traditional background combined with the backgrounds of the rest of the people on the team. So that's the first thing to think about is how can your experience add unique value to this role? The second thing is to illustrate what you've been doing to bridge the knowledge gap. So this is really a a case where you want to show them and not just tell them. So you want to show them that you're aware of any potential gaps. You know, you might say, hey, if you look at my resume, I may not have the on paper experience, uh, but I, I understand that X, Y and Z things are important. And here's what I've been doing to bridge those gaps or here's what I've been doing to build that knowledge. You know, I've been taking these courses. I've been freelancing. I've been getting these certifications. You know, here's a portfolio of the projects that I put together. Here's a value validation project. And if you show them that you're aware of the gaps and you're investing your own time and resources into shoring them up, 
that's going to go a very, very long way, especially if what you're doing is generating real world results versus just building the knowledge. So I want to tell a story about uh, one of my former clients. His name is Rick, and he implemented this two-step process perfectly. So Rick was working as a service delivery manager at a call center, and he wanted to break into web development. He wanted to be a front-end web developer. So he was getting out there, and he was networking, and he was talking to different people and, and contacts, and he was running into the same issues, right? People weren't necessarily <laughs> drawing the connection between how working at a call center and being a manager translated to front-end web development. So Eventually, he ended up getting in the door. He did get a referral and he'd been really busting his butt working on his front end web development skills. He'd taken a couple of boot camps. He created a portfolio. He had a body of work to speak to. And it was enough to get him in the door paired with a referral. So he ended up taking a step back and saying, okay, what does this team look like? They are, first of all, very junior. Everybody here has five, six fewer years of experience than I do. They're all in their early 20s. You know, I'm, I'm closer to 30. And none of them manage people. On top of that, I work with clients day in and day out. My whole job is customer support, keeping clients happy. And I know from what I've heard that in, in the engineering space, there's a tendency for engineers to essentially work in their bubble or their silo and not always take client feedback into consideration. Now, no offense to any engineers who are listening to this, but that is a tendency for engineering teams to have. And that's why there's sometimes friction between engineering teams and sales teams and marketing teams and customer support teams and client success teams. And that's a classic conundrum that that is happening at a lot of companies out there. So Rick sat down and said, okay, I have way more experience than everybody here, and I have a lot of client-facing experience as well. What I don't have is the same level of front-end web development skills. So how can I make this a win-win? And essentially what he did was he showed up to this conversation, this interview, and he addressed it head-on. He basically started out and said, look, you may be wondering about what the heck I'm doing here. If you look at my resume, you know, I'm a, I'm a manager at a call center, service delivery manager, and that has nothing to do with front-end web development. Well, first, let me tell you why I chose front-end web development. You know, I did X, Y, and Z things. I did this exploration and I discovered that this was really my passion. And I've been spending the last eight or so months really fleshing out my skills. I've taken X, Y, and Z boot camps. I've created X, Y, and Z apps. You can actually view my portfolio at this link. It's on my resume, but I feel really confident that I can add a lot of value. Now, I understand if you're still looking at that and saying, well, Rick doesn't have enough you know, front-end web development skills compared to everybody else on the team. How is he going to be effective? So this is where he went into the pivot. He said, look, your team is very junior. You know, A lot of the people I've interviewed with are six, seven years younger than I am. And on top of that, I know that one of the biggest pieces of value that you focus on is your client experience, right? You want your clients to be happy and satisfied. And that's been a core theme from every single person that I've talked to, how much you value the client experience. I work with clients day in and day out in my current job, and my entire role is focused on keeping them happy. And I know that engineering teams sometimes have a different view of success than the end client, right? You know, clients want X, Y, and Z things, and the engineering team doesn't necessarily want to do those things. They have different priorities. So coming in, I have a lot more experience. I've managed people. So I can essentially be 
a manager and a mentor to all of these younger front-end web developers. And I can also teach them about the importance of client satisfaction, You know, making sure that the final product is what the client is looking for. And in turn, working with them is going to help me massively accelerate my front-end web development skills because they are clearly so much better than I am at that. So what is this going to do for the entire team? Well, this is going to basically be the rising tide that lifts all ships. These people are going to help me become a more effective front-end web developer, and I am going to help them be more effective from the holistic point of view of the company in terms of creating better clients that or creating better products that satisfy more clients. And so if you hire me, this is going to be a win-win across the board. Now, guess what happened? Rick delivered that answer, and he ended up landing the role. And the reason he won it is because he didn't try to beat around the bush. He didn't try to brush his experience under the rug. Instead, he handled it head on. And then he basically came up with a story that showed his unique value and why that would be a benefit to everybody on the team. So if you're struggling with your non-traditional background, try to go through this two-step process. Think about the unique value you add. Talk about what you've been doing to bridge the knowledge gap. And then basically call this out head on in any of the conversations you have. And I promise you, you're going to get much better results. People are going to start recognizing your value. So that's it for today. I hope as always, this was helpful and I really appreciate you listening. If you like what you're hearing, uh, reviews and ratings are super helpful for this podcast. They help push us up the charts. They help more people find this advice. So if you're willing to take just a minute or two to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, we appreciate it and it helps us a lot. Either way, thank you so much again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast. 